Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Post game. Locked on Baylor. Bears ho-hum, no big deal. Just a little 28-point comeback. <laughs> now 35-10, fourth quarter. Had it all the way. Had it all the way. You knew this quarterback, this offense, this coaching staff, no way they were going to blow this one. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Holy crap. I'm still processing it, if you can't tell. Wow. This was as dead as Baylor looked, has looked, even deader than last week. In the first six minutes, it ended up being, what, eight minutes of the game, first eight plays of the game, UCF goes for three touchdowns, and this team just looked so dead in the water. And then they finally got something going, and then the the phantom fumble, the down fumble return for a touchdown happens, and... I will say it. Yeah, it was at least a 10-point swing, probably a 14-point swing the way you're running the ball on that drive. And that makes it 28-7 instead of 21-14. Game's done then for sure. Not these Bears. Not these Bears. As we all knew, this, this was going to be what was going to happen. And I, I just saw some things from this statistically going into this game that that favored Baylor, or or at least made it closer than I think a lot of people thought. Um, and I did not expect that. I did not expect that. I mean, we were. T- I I was talking about firing the whole coaching staff in the first quarter. I said, you know what? I, I thought you could make it the whole season. Looks like you can't. And that's 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 done for now. Look, I know you can you can still have your gripes about this coaching staff in year four. I'm not going to deny that. I absolutely get that. But what they just pulled off to keep their guys in the game that has to that has to count for something. And I, and I said this even if they were going to lose, it was right before the fumble recovery that Baylor took back for the touchdown. I said this was the effort we were looking for. We had not seen that effort. We didn't see that effort last week for sure. And they left it all out on the field. I'm telling you, even if they come up short and UCF picks up a couple first downs, they kick a field goal after that, they don't fumble and, and the game's over. They they showed it. And I'll tell you who showed it first and foremost. Your quarterback, my quarterback, our quarterback, Blake Shapin. Our quarterback. He is this team's leader. He is this team's quarterback. If you didn't believe it before, first off, I can understand that. You better believe it now. He needed to get back in that game speed a little bit. He was money. He was money today. And for all the talk of, and I was in this boat too, of all the times we saw him sliding three yards before the first down marker last year. He didn't do that today. In fact, that last hit he took that set up the game-winning field goal, he is feeling that right now. He will feel that tomorrow. That was an absolute sandwich job that two massive human beings just absolutely crunching into him he left it out there he left it out there and he was clicking too it's not just that i mean people are going to hate me for saying this and i mean this with the utmost sincerity because this guy did it a lot that was a charlie brewer drive 
And Charlie Brewer, for all you want to say about him, was money at the end of the game. He was a clutch quarterback. And it was any means necessary. Didn't matter. Receivers, tight ends, running backs, or if he had to do it himself. And that's exactly what Blake Shapin did. And I thought he commanded the game really well, even before the comeback. You know, the stats weren't going to show that, but it just felt like a guy who was easing back in with almost a almost a scrimmage game. And, you know, by the time next week, he'd be better. But he made good audibles at the line. He made good choices. First pack, pass almost got picked off. And after that, I mean, he didn't lay one out for DB all night, which is something for a guy who had 10 picks last year. He made great decisions. And once he got Monterey Baldwin involved, <laughs> rest is history from UCF, man. I have been on the Monterey Baldwin train since the Sugar Bowl. Uh, and it paid off for, for a portion last year. And he, he is, I think, their most versatile offensive weapon. And that is exactly what he showed you today. Exactly what he showed you. And when you get the ball, that guy the ball in space and you're not throwing it behind him, you're not throwing it in double coverage, he is one of the best receivers in football. And he is a big reason why you got back and you won this game today. Does Blake Shapin get us back in the bowl contention? I think so. I really do think so. I said that this week. Um, it, it's not something where I say, yeah, rest is history. We're going to run the table after this. No, I, you know, I wouldn't be stunned if this team, this team doesn't make a bowl game. I wouldn't be stunned at all. But having Blake Shapin in there absolutely gives you a chance. And we've talked about it the last two weeks. These games on the schedule, these bad Big 12 teams, starting next week at Tech, we've got you know, a nice 40-piece today. Um, Tech and Houston and Iowa State, those are teams with the same record or worse records than you. And with Blake Shapin in there, you absolutely have a chance. All of those at home, by the way, absolutely have a chance, and I'm willing to bet you'll be favored in probably two of those games. That's how big a difference the quarterback position is. Because, I mean, you see it in the receivers, too. They were all on the same page today. Again, there was a rhythm problem in the first quarter, but after that, they were on it. This was this looked like a team who had practiced together the whole summer. That doesn't excuse the fact that after three games, Sawyer Robertson and his receivers still couldn't get on the same page. But but you could see the result on the field today. And I just can't say enough about Blake Shapin, man. He absolutely put it all out there. He was money today. All of the Blake Shapin tractors have to see that. They have to see that. And, and kind of in that same vein, Jeff Grimes detractors. Did he have some plays I didn't agree with today? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Throw it to Gavin Yates, your fullback on fourth and one. I didn't love that. Um, they got a little conservative in that final set of downs before the field goal, but you were close enough that I, I didn't really mind it. Um, no, he stuck with the game plan. He kept running the ball. He got easy passes, utilized the middle of the field. God, if I if I had to hear Devin Gardner say one more time on the middle of the field, I was about to end it all. But it was open, and Blake used that, especially in the second half, and Grimes was – really playing to his team's strength, which I just don't know that he could have done the last few weeks. Um, line, there's still, still some problems with the pass blocking. It definitely got better. Definitely got better. 
most emotion I've seen out of Aranda. Yeah, me too, bud. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, that's fantastic. And look, I, I really think this is a game that turns around your fortune. They, they needed this today. And even if you fell short and it was that 35-33, I think even that would have salvaged something from this team. Now, obviously, if you don't make a bowl game, it's all a wash, really, um, in terms of this season. But I think that it's just finally something positive, right? I mean, last week we, we saw this team wither out and die out there against Texas. And for the third or fourth time out of four games, it looked like they didn't really want to be there. Today they wanted to be there. Um, the defense still has some big problems. But the adjustment they made, they let UCF go right down the field and they, they forced some third downs, which they hadn't done in the first half too much. Um, but UCF goes down the field, scores a touchdown on that long drive, and then they were shut out after that with two, with two turnovers. This defense turned it around. And this is the kind of game where those young guys in the secondary do get some confidence. Caden Jenkins, his first career pick. Uh, Devin Bobby should have had a pick that would have ended the game um, on that last drive. But this is exactly what the defense needed. And that is just so wild to think about after the first eight plays of this game where I was pleading on Twitter, please, somebody give me something positive. I can't even believe that that was today. And going into the butt bowl next week, you are riding high. Now, Tech is riding high, too. You know, they, they faced their former quarterback today. They, they put a hurting on, on Houston. But that that game has some vinegar in it, and I'm a little bummed I'm not going to be there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, biggest comeback in Baylor history, best comeback since that 61-58, Scotty. I don't know if it tops it. Scotty, man, that's iconic. Yeah, yeah, Kansas did wither and die against Texas. That's that's true. I thought they were in that game for a lot of the first half, but it was not – was that 40-14? to 14? Yeah. And, yeah, people will be there. People will be there next Saturday. That's going to be a packed house. Um, again, does it does it buy Aranda um, another year or two? I can't say that, but I am happy for him. I really am because he's a great guy, um, and I am happy to see him succeed. Um, yeah, it was a bigger deficit, Scotty. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Oh, man. What a game. What a game. We got the live chat going. Put in your comments on what – you thought this game does for Baylor, your emotions. Um, I know a lot of the people left. Uh, that was funny to see kind of after that 35-7 score, they showed it and it looked like, you know, the third quarter in McLean, a lot of these games, the place was half empty. A lot of Baylor fans there. And you could hear them on the TV at the end, which was just so cool. I mean, just against all odds. Against all odds, man, I just I can't even believe we're sitting here talking about a Baylor victory, especially after that phantom fumble. We gotta we gotta spend a minute on this because that was horrible. That was horrible call. So Dom Richardson, a is down with his knee. I still think um, because they say, oh, you know, it's, his arms under it. His arms under it. First off, I don't know exactly what the announcers were looking at. It wasn't quite what we were looking at because, I mean, you could see part of his the guy's arm for sure, but certainly Richardson's other side of his leg is on the ground, like it's planted on the ground, and and it should have been blown dead 
or forward progress. I mean, that's just inexcusable that it wasn't playing dead for forward progress. And this is the crappy part of how these work is that um, refs will allow the play to go on sometimes. When it's a 50-50, they'll allow the play to go on because if you don't and they do recover and it's definitely a fumble, then you're going to hell in a handbasket. You don't know where the ball is going. It's a whole big controversy. But then the other side is that probably he was down. I mean, he's down by forward progress, probably down on the ground too, but you made the call on the field that it's a fumble. And so now Baylor gets punished and literally gets points taken away probably from them and then points on the scoreboard for UCF because they don't have good enough camera angles for it. Camera angles cost Baylor seven points in the game. And best believe, uh, look, I say I would have been proud if they lost 35-33 still, but that would have been that would have been brutal if Baylor lost by less than a touchdown, and that is the reason why. Uh, and thankfully, it it doesn't come down to that. I said it on the podcast this week. By the way, I mean, just listen to Locked on Baylor so you don't have to hear me saying this all the time. I said it on the podcast this week. It was a stretch, but maybe this team needed a road game like this. Four games at home to open the season, two of them against very tough opponents. The vibes were down and down big after game one. They were down. So um, just to be able to go into a different environment and to be just us against the world, that's exactly what this team needed. And I just couldn't be prouder. I, I really couldn't be prouder. I do think this changes the whole trajectory of the season. I mean, if you go down and you lose 42 to 20 after what happened in the first half, you're not, you're not happy about this. Trust me. I started making the thumbnails for this in the third quarter. I'm going to put them on Twitter uh, because it's, it's a funny one. It, they have changed. Um, but now it, all of those games, that are 50-50 in this bad Big 12 conference. They don't look as much 50-50 anymore. And I'm riding the recency bias. But UCF should have won. Yeah, they should have, but they didn't score as many points as Baylor. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's not golf, buddy. Yeah, score more points. Thanks for tuning in, though. Uh, this is just, this changes everything. And what's funny about the Blake Shapin thing, too, is clearly you could tell early on even with his knee wrapped up, Blake Shapin was much more of a mobile threat than Sawyer Robertson was. And that just added a wrinkle to an offense like this that is immeasurable. Um, yeah, Trevor, I'm, I'm glad you can keep your diploma. That's great. That's great. Offense for UCF choked. Yeah, they did, Scotty. Um, I'll give Baylor, credit, uh, Baylor defense some credit there too. Um, I thought the closer the game got, the bigger the lights got for Timmy McLean, which even as a backup quarterback, I did not expect because they held tight in that game last week against Kansas state. I don't think it was necessarily on the quarterback, but yeah, he, he made some mistakes that that interception was awful. Uh, snap isn't really on him. It's, it's just a, it's just a bad snap. Um, and he, I mean, he was sailing those passes, on the last drive, I mean, unbelievable fourth down conversion. When he converts that, that fourth and five that he runs 20, 25 yards back to the end zone and converts, I was really, 
really uh, worry. I was like, that's that's it. That that's what's going to happen. Teams that make those kinds of plays, they don't lose that game. But he was airmailing a ton of passes. Um, the clock management was not great. Could have been better at the end for them. Um, forcing a 59-yard field goal. Boomer is a good kicker. 59 yards, though, Lil Moose. 59 yards. I I can't blame him there. Can't blame him there. Look, TM Tovar. Look, I got to say, I don't know much. I, I had to look back at the film on what Powell's adjustments were, but they worked. They worked. And they were bringing, they were dialing up a lot of pressure in, in the second half, which was huge. And that, that, I think that made the difference. You put McLean into some tougher positions. Um, Matt Jones, who I have been saying all year, has been one of the few bright spots on defense. He was a dog today. He was out, out there giving it his all. He looked like the captain. The way that Shapin looked on offense, Matt Jones looked on defense. Why did he call the timeout, David Randa, before that kick? It's a good question. I actually, I wouldn't have. Uh, you always want to ice the kicker, uh, but the I think the broadcasters pointed this out. I had the volume on really low. Um, was they were rushing to the line. The kid was like jaunting onto the field, and there was 18 seconds. So uh, make them kick it. Make them don't make them comfortable. So yeah, I, I'm a little surprised they did call that timeout, but worked in the end. They were sucks. Yeah, clearly, man. Clearly, <sighs> tough to argue with that. Nose tackles. It would be nice, man. He had a mountain of a man in Siaki Ika the last two years. Don't have that right now. Um, that will be great for stopping the rushing attack. I, I was a little surprised um, through most of this game. Again, these are the 13th and 14th best rushing defenses in, in the conference. And still through the first three quarters. And I mean, again, for the game, I got to double check the stats, but it was a big lead for UCF in rushing yards. So it just seemed like one team was, was way, way worse. And, and they do get 80 more yards, 235 to 153. Um, but Baylor, I think, ran the ball well. And if it was a closer game earlier in the game, they would have ran it even better. Um, but I I have to say, Reese looked good today um, after an episode sol almost solely about him this week. He looked good. Uh, Dom Richardson looked like a man possessed. Um, I said it. He was pissed off, man. He, he, he was sick of the losing, and he was – bowling over guys and Dawson Pendergrass man they're giving him big carries at the end of that game and he is showing them exactly why they give him that confidence he is showing it uh the kid runs hard he runs physical he gets downhill he hits the hole hard I really like Dawson Pendergrass and I liked Matthew Klopfenstein today how about the true freshman Matthew Klopfenstein goes out for only about two drives he makes a catch but he was blocking all over the place. One of those big plays, he was like, Michael Orr, throw him out of the club blocking, man. That's a true freshman. A man out there blocking linebackers. See some more from him. Baylor has a tight end problem. They got too many. Make one into a receiver, maybe. Still looking for that receiver touchdown, aren't we? Two two-point conversions today from them, but I don't think a touchdown. Anyway, uh, I got to wrap this up here. Huge win for Baylor. Biggest comeback in Baylor history. I mean, I had this whole sob story ready about how much I love this job, but how much I hate talking about how how bad they've been um, through the first month, month and a half of the season. Um, but this was this was so much better. This was so much better. Does this mean Bryson Washington will redshirt? Honestly, Scotty, I think that's a good call. I think he might. I thought he'd have more of a role, but when you 
are going to give that kind of confidence to Dawson Pendergrass. It's not a bad thing on Bryson Washington, but yeah, Pendergrass is above him in the pecking order right now. So um, it that might be something to think about and save some eligibility for Bryson Washington. And he goes into next year totally ready to go. Um, he, he, he knows how to play. He knows how to play. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, thank you to the people who keep saying Baylor sucks. I appreciate it. Where you guys been the first four weeks? You would have been right. Would have been right. We love having you anyway. We'll be back uh, Monday. We're going to take a little bit more measured look at this. I think I'll still be just as happy. Uh, this has been, this always will be, from an ecstatic Cam Stewart in Waco, locked on Baylor.